0: Hi, everyone. I'm so excited for this next episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. So today's guest um, is a coach of human design here in the Bay Area. And for those of you that don't know, human design is kind of a modality similar to astrology um, that is based on your birth chart and um, can help you live in alignment with who you were born to be. I found out about this like really recently and became super obsessed with it, probably because I'm a projector. (laughs) I hope you find it interesting. Um, And we've got a really cool free giveaway with a free 20-minute coaching session with Victoria. Um, So stick around at the very end. We'll announce the details for that. I really hate to lead with an apology. I, as an improviser, I'm taught never to do that, but um, my audio in this episode is just awful. But don't worry, guys, because I got this fancy new microphone courtesy of my husband. And you might know him as Sweet Baby um, because he wants to support me with his podcast. So sweet. So I hope you enjoy today's episode, and please, please, please do me a favor. If you like it, or not, if you just want to support me, please give me a five star review in the Apple iTunes Store or the podcast app, um, as well as a review. So you just can be like, "Sarah's great," or "Lit AF changed my life," or "I love being Lit AF," just like Sarah Cohen. <laughs> the options are endless. All right, thank you so much, you guys. Please enjoy.
1: Hi, Bye. everyone. I am so excited today to introduce all of you to Victoria Dane. She is a human design coach as well as a yoga nidra guide. And today she's going to talk to us about how to sparkle on the inside, even though normally I'm talking about sparkling on
2: the outside. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I love, I love the idea of sparkling from the inside out. Me too. Oh my God. I, my last
1: guest was talking about, you know, you got to sparkle on the outside because she does face bedazzles. Mm. And then she also does EFT tapping. So she's like, we got to work both sides in order to be our best self. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. This is a big topic that I'm really, really, really excited about because human design has had a huge impact on my life. I like to describe it as like astrology, um, like a different kind of astrology, and also, like, a roadmap of, like, who I am as a person. Um, it's let me let go of a lot of things and um, really ground into who I am. So I am going to give you the million-dollar question, what is human design? And I'm yeah. sure this is going to take a while. We'll go to lots of different places. So. Totally.
2: So I like to start when people ask with, like, What's the result it will get you? And so to me, human design is a tool to help you live more in flow with who you naturally are and your natural energetic baseline, your natural energetic gifts. Now that still is like a little abstract. So in terms of like the the what, like a description, it is drawing from four different systems. So you mentioned astrology. Uh, human design also pulls from the chakra system, the Chinese I Ching and the, the Kabbalah. So it's borrowing like all these um sparring from all these traditions, all getting at this kind of fundamental truth that there are different energies in the world. We're all unique. Um, We all shine our brightest, sparkliest selves when we can be who we really are, as opposed to shooting all over ourselves, trying to act like other people. Um, And and that's really the basis. And so from, from those different systems, we use someone's birthday time to get information about their their type, which we'll get into, but there are five different types in human design, and that's kind of the foundational layer. And then there's there's ways to go way deeper around um what's your what's the flavor of your purpose in this lifetime, what are your specific gifts. And by that um I don't mean like if whether you're better at like writing or math, but like are you someone who's really great at um, creating bonds with people? Are you someone who's really good at using your voice in a storytelling way versus like using your voice to talk about factual information, right? So there are all these things that um, often people know it about themselves, but they haven't been, you know, explicitly complimented on it or told that this is a strength of theirs. And so what I find in working with people is a very common reaction is like, oh my gosh, like, yes, this is so me, but I've I didn't realize this was like special about me. And so, like you said, it has a really big effect. It's had a really big effect on your life. Um, the biggest way I see this changing people's lives is really embracing who they are at their core and letting themselves like lean into that and really own it.
1: Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that.
2: So, should we go into the five ties? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, as I mentioned, uh, human design uses some information from the chakra system and based on So if you pull up your chart, and we can link to like where you can pull up your free chart, um, you'll see all these shapes and some of them are colored in and some of them are white. And based on which, which centers or shapes you have colored in, there are different types. So each type has a kind of like overall energetic purpose that they play in society. So I'll start with the first type, which is manifestors. And these are people who are really here to initiate action. So it's like we have some people that are just meant to like, just do it. Um, When they feel like, you know, cold calling someone or pitching or just starting the project, like they can just go ahead and do it and they don't need to really wait for anything to happen. Whereas all the other types do. And so even right there, it's actually like a really good point to, to pause and reflect, like, because less than 10% of the population is a manifestor. So that means like, 90 plus percent of us, um, when we've been told that we need to, to, to just go do things and push and whatever. I know that I've personally felt a lot of resistance or like my efforts don't really work out that well when I'm just like trying to make things happen like a cold start and it's because energetically things aren't actually aligned for me mm. um, and whereas for manifestors like they really can just go and and do something and so this starts to get tricky because people hear this and they're like they feel like sort of disempowered so we'll get into the other types and hopefully that'll like clear things up for people um, but examples of famous manifestors because again manifestors are really here to kind of like start a movement in their own way. They're loud, you know, they're, they're not for everybody, but the people that they are for want to get on board with whatever it is their mission is. So like JK Rowling is a famous manifester and it's like, really? yeah. And like, she has such a specific vision, right. Of like magic and all this stuff. And some people love Harry Potter, but some people also think it's crazy and hate it. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. but if a manifester tries to make themselves small and kind of people please and compromise then they actually are diminishing their own power right can you imagine if if harry potter was like toned down a little bit like it just wouldn't work right
1: no so yeah
2: so manifestors really need to step into and own like they just have to be completely completely themselves um and often like manifestors are the ones that just they always know deep down what they really want um but in the experience of life because really I often see like we get the type, we come in as the type that we are to really like learn the lessons of what we need to embrace, right? So everyone who's not a manifestor wishes they were a manifestor because they wanted to be able to do things, right? <laughs> but then manifestors are like, oh, like, why don't, you know, they, they get worried about like being too loud of rubbing people the wrong way, whatever. But it's really about knowing like, actually that's how you're your most powerful and effective self. Yeah, yeah. That. So So for them in human design, there's something called strategy, which is if you... Are listening and you just take one thing away, it's how do I work with my strategy? Um, For manifestors, they really need to initiate. So like fully owning their desires, initiating whatever it is they want to do, and then inform. And by that, I mean, tell people what they're up to so people can join in, right? Mm. So it's like, sometimes there's a tendency to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to go off and do this thing. But it's like, wait, 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 if you're going to go off and like, let's say you're traveling and just get up in the morning and go for a run. Like maybe the people who are traveling with you want to also go on a run and they need you as a manifestor to like, you know, start, start the fun thing. So you want to just like tell people what you're up to so they can, they can join in.
1: Wow. I just met a manifestor recently. It's one of the only manifestors I actually know. Mm. And she started, she was like, yeah, you know, this is a time for kind of downtime during quarantine. Um, And I'm just going to enjoy it and like take the summer off. And then the next time I talked to her, she was like, oh, yeah, I started a business, and it's taking off, and it's kind of great, but it's also like I went on vacation, and I was working the whole time, and I was like,
2: what? Like, how did you just manifest this so quickly? I'm like, oh, you're a manifestor." It's amazing. (laughs) Well, okay, and so that's also important to say is, like, just because you're not a manifestor in human design doesn't mean you can't be good at manifesting. Mm. Um, People... Because man, I know manifestations like also a big topic. Like everyone can manifest in the sort of mainstream definition, but the reason why the manifestor type in human design is called what it is is because they have energy going to their throat in their chart. So it's like literally, you know, you speak something and it happens, right? And it just happens. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, lucky them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no better. There's no better or worse though. We all have our. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. So the other two types, because. They're, within the five types, three of them are co- considered energy types. So manifestors, which we just talked about, but also generators and MGs, uh, manifesting generators. And so, all three of them, the thing that they have in common is when they're doing something they love, they can kind of go all day. They get really excited by what they're doing, so they don't need to necessarily like take breaks. They can, you know, stay up all night. They're just like so into it, and that's you know that's the gift that they have. Um, whereas yeah, whereas the other two types, which you know as a projector and I'm a projector as well, <laughs> um, and reflectors, the other two types are considered non-energy types, which means, doesn't mean we don't have energy, we do, uh, but it just means that even when we're doing something we love, we're not creating more energy of our own, so we do still need to to take breaks and tend to ourselves sometimes. Maybe perhaps a little bit more. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, totally. In this generator-run world. <laughs> exactly. So we're all learning
2: how to decondition because, uh, like you were just saying, there's a lot of generators in the world. So generators and NGs make up about 70% of the population. And the thing that these two types have in common is they have this really like consistent life force energy that they're always creating. So if you look at a chart, um, they have one center always filled out, which is called the sacral center. Um, So for, you know, so sacral is kind of like that below the belly button, second chakra area. And this is where our, our like primal life force lives. And so for both generators and MGs, because they're always able to tap into this energy, they... Of course, are creating lots of sparkly energy for themselves, and then as a result, they can lift other people up when they're doing what they love. So it's like mm-hmm. they have this inner fire within them. That's kind of how I think of the sacral energy. That you know, when they're doing the things they love, they're putting logs in the fire and they're tending to it, and then that's how they really like show up their brightest. So it's like famous, famous generator would be Beyonce, right? Like great, ac- yeah. Everybody oh my God. wants classic to be a classic generator. <laughs> mm-hmm. everyone wants to be around them they're so just like warm and kind and you know they it's like their energy I almost like visualize it it's just like coming out in all directions and people just all want to be around it
1: right Gosh, like the beehive I love that yeah, yeah. I also I don't, I don't know if you've seen homecoming her Coachella documentary mm-hmm. but you can just tell she's just going nonstop.
2: yep yep and like I want to be like generators and mgs they can both get tired right like of course everybody is a human and needs to rest but you can tell like beyonce right she's she's pulling really long days and she's like happy to do it right whereas like a non-energy type they would be pulling if they were pulling long days they would not be happy in the same way (laughs) um so the strategy for both generators and mgs is to tap into that really powerful sacral energy and only take action when they're excited about something. Because any, every generator or MG that I talk to, I ask them, like, I explain the sacral center and they're like, and I ask them, you know, do you know what that feels like in your body? And like 99% are like, oh, absolutely. Like, I definitely know what I feel like when I'm so lit up and they, you know, it like your body, you know, it's just so powerful that energy. So as a result. The strategy for them is to only take action when that's present because that is what allows for true alignment. Um, mm. The trap these folks can fall into is, you know, they have a lot of energy. So it's easy to say yes to things that are really a no, right? To get guilted into, oh, well, you know, you're my friends. So you should do this for me. Or like, oh, you know, if you were, you know, your, your parents really wanted to do this so just go ahead and help them or whatever, like all the, the shoulds. Um, but when they're doing that, they're not really tapping into the the really like powerful energy they have right and instead of fueling their inner fire they're they're sort of like dampening it in some way Mm. and so this is another learning you know it's hard to say no to things um when there's expectations but it's really like this is the reframe that human design offers which is ultimately in the long run, right? What's best for you, what's highest and best for you is also going to be what's highest and best for everyone else. Showing up to a thing because you have to, and like, you're going to be kind of grumpy about It's not, you're, you're not showing your best generator or MG energy and you're not lifting up the other people around you, right?
1: That was so well put. I love that.
2: So it's a practice for sure. Um, But I like to remind these folks, like, you know how amazing you are when you're excited about something. So that's, that's what you want to think about spending more like time in and bringing it forward more often.
1: Oh, I love that. And people gravitate towards that. Well, like when they see someone that is just so jazzed about something,
2: like knock to flame. Yeah, totally. Um, So, and then I'll just say to the difference between generators and MGs is that MGs have a little bit of that manifestor energy. And so it doesn't mean that they can act like manifestors. They still want to respond from their gut. Um, their energy is a little more kind of like quick and they'll get excited by lots of different things more so than the average generator and so for mg's allowing them allowing themselves to have like compassion for their changing interests allowing themselves to pivot um, is really important because a lot of mg's here growing up like oh you're you know you're changing your mind again oh you're so flaky do you really should, think you should be doing that but they're actually such an important type to sort of pave the way for where we're going, which is like people don't have the same career for 40 years, right? Like the world is changing so quickly that there's it's, it's a nonlinear path, right? So MGs are really here to show us that, but you're never going to convince someone of that just by talking, right? You have to show them the way. So MGs need to give themselves permission first to, to be multi-passionate.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. Permission. I'm telling you, this is like a permission engine. Like whatever you want or whatever you feel is right is totally right. Yeah. Oh, and um, just just for everyone to know, MG stands
2: for manifesting generator, which is one of the five types. So then we get to non-energy types and we get to projectors. And projectors are really here to be the guides of energy. So it's like if manifestors are starting things and then generators and mgs hear about what the manifestors kind of like throwing out into the world or bumping into something in life and then responding from their gut and doing whatever it is that's exciting. Projectors are kind of like watching everything that's going on. We have a very unique way of, we all have a unique way of seeing something. It could be art, it could be comedy, it could be fashion, it could be science, whatever. Um, That'll just obviously depend on the person, right? That human design can't tell you everything about someone's life. Um, But there's this ability to kind of see into what's going on because we, we have open, we have certain centers that are open, including the sacral center. And then because of that, we can like feel into like, what are people desiring? How does this energy feel? And how does it want to be used? And so we have insights to share. But the thing is, uh, just like telling everyone how they should do things is not really like an attractive thing, right? People don't always <laughs> want to just be told what to do. So
1: <laughs> what? We, they don't? I'm
2: i I know. Well, it's a projector, right? It is shocking. It's like, what? You don't want the answer? Come on, (laughs) one
1: hundred (laughs) percent. So I've got it for you. It's right here.
2: (laughs) Right, and I would love to hear. I'd love to hear your kind of experience of what it felt like when you found out about being a projector. Um, But that's kind of like the what projectors are all about, and then because of that, their their strategy is to wait for an invitation before they just start spewing all of their insights because again, we, we aren't energy types, right? So we can't go all day. And so the strategy of waiting for the invitation is really, a, it's meant to be self-empowering in the sense that we want to conserve our energy for the people that'll really hear it and not just be like throwing all our stuff all over the place and having it splat.
1: I love that. That's amazing. I'm just hearing it again feels so good. Because <laughs> I feel like I've studied the human design so much. I've had my reading and it's great. And then I'm um, hearing
2: it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just don't yeah. spew everywhere. <laughs> well, because it doesn't have an open overnight, right? Like it is. Um, I know that I've had to work, you know, at this for years to not spew <laughs> things everywhere, too. So the more times we can hear it, the better. But do you remember what it was like for you when you first found all this out? Oh yeah.
1: So um, I was getting a reading from another projector and she was like, okay, so the feeling of waiting for an invitation um, or one of the ways that you can help to get the invitation is when you're out for you know dinner and you're ordering food, just ask your friends like, Hey, do you want to know what I'm going to order? And I was like, what? Like, this is like getting my needs met knowing what my need is, which is to have an invitation and getting it met without even having to like pout in a corner or <laughs> go home and be like, no, no one was listening to me. <laughs> and it was just such like a very simple um, reframe of how to uh, get an invitation yes. and not be controlling or anything like that. And then of course, during this whole process, I'm like, oh, I can name a thousand times when I have given someone a piece of advice that Really felt either in deaf ears or was not welcome at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was just like another like, oh, it's not, it's not necessarily my fault. It's just the way that we're all kind of structured and how we're open or not open. And so that felt really, really good. Of like, again, just
2: like let it go, and now I have tools for the next time to express properly. Totally. Well, there's two things that you said I wanted to pull out. One is like. I feel like every projector can remember back to a time when they were like, oh, I tried to offer something and it fell flat and it feels really bad. And for projectors, every type has a a not-self theme, which is kind of like when we're out of alignment, what does it feel like? And for for projectors, when we're trying to give advice and it's not being heard, it can feel bitter, right? But even just knowing that that's how how the dynamic works, as opposed to... Oh, what I said was not good enough or like, no, you know, I'm not smart or brilliant or whatever takes some of the sting out of it. And, and allows more like, you know, self-acceptance.
1: Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So that I can be, it's like goes back to what you were just saying of like, I can show up as my better self yeah. and then therefore more people will be <laughs> interested in that. <laughs>
2: totally. Totally. And then, and then to the earlier point about like, going deeper into what does it really mean to live waiting for the invitation? It's not so black and white where you have to sit around and be like, "Mm, who's going to invite me? Like you can solicit the invitation. And in fact, it's like highly encouraged, right? So if you're a projector listening and let's say you want to start a business, you don't have to wait around. Like you can absolutely, you should absolutely start, you know, creating your stuff, putting it out there because in doing so you project the aura of an expert and then people will come and find you right but that has to start with you knowing kind of like deep down your self-worth
1: love that yeah and knowing how to ask for it yeah which is huge yeah
2: mm-hmm. so yeah. then last type reflectors um they are the rarest and they're only about one percent of the population because their purpose is to Be at the center of the community and reflect back out to everyone else what's going on so they actually have all of their centers open which means when they hang out with anybody else they're picking up all the energy that somebody else is sending and so they it's almost impossible to describe to someone who's not a reflector but they can become other people in a way that we will never know because we'll never be able to feel someone else's experience right but because they become the other then when they talk about what's going on for themselves we hear it and we're like, Oh yeah, that like, that is really how I'm feeling. Or like, yeah, you know, last week was kind of like crummy or whatever. Um, so they have a really special purpose, but because they're so open, um, you know, they, they can be all very different from each other. That's the first thing, right? Like one reflection wow. versus the other. It's like literally just like, they'll just be who, a reflection of wherever they are in their environment and their people, whatever. Um, and so their strategy is very different from everybody else's. Theirs is to actually wait a whole lunar cycle before they make big decisions because they're changing so much, right? And so easily program or not programmed, but so easily affected by what's going on, including the, the transit of, of, you know, the planetary influences that waiting for that full cycle allows them to actually feel into like all the different personalities that they would embody over that whole cycle.
1: Wow. Wow, that is incredible. Oh my gosh, that's so full loader cycle from like new moon to new moon or full moon to full yeah, moon. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they're, you know, wow, if something big comes up on like a quarter moon, then just waiting. And it's not like, they don't need to get neurotic about it, right? But it's just knowing that, hey, you are going to shift over, you know, a, a roughly that period of time.
1: That's amazing, and they have that time to soak in all that information. Yeah. Um. I actually met a reflector. Um. It's my friend's mom who made the most beautiful manifesting generator, and I'm not surprised. I'm like, like to have a reflector mom must be like such an interesting experience. But she just is like the embodiment of like just like joyfulness, which mm. was happening in the room, mm. and it was really cool to see. Really, really
2: cool. I love that because so every type has, we talked about the not self, but also there's what's called a signature. So what is it like for each type when they're most in flow and for reflectors when they're most in flow because they, because they can really just like become all these different experiences, right? When they're most in flow, they're going to be surprised and delighted by life because it's like you can never know all the different facets of life, right? So I'm thinking about you know this reflector mom, and it's like she's so joyful and probably living in alignment because she's really just letting herself sample everything, you know, and like oh my gosh, like you know this food is amazing, meeting that person was amazing, that trip was amazing, just everything they allow themselves to be so delighted and surprised. What a great life! Yeah, (laughs) I love that. So they all, but they also don't
1: have energy. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Or they're non-energy types.
2: Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and so both non-energy types, projectors and reflectors, um, when they're around other energy types, we can feel that energy coming from say the cycle center, or there's a few other centers that create energy. Um and we can we can write it, we can amplify it. So so when you're like say in a group uh working on something together, you can feel like so productive and so MG-ish or generator-ish. but then when you're by yourself there's kind of a shift and people might feel that too. Um, Oh, interesting. Very cool. That's good to know. Heads up everyone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right on. So do you want to talk about profiles or um, authorities?
2: Yeah. So let's, let's chat about authority as well. Um, So once you know your type and your strategy, so you know, how your energy naturally works and how you want to exchange your gifts with the world, whether that's waiting for an invitation or, you know, waiting a lunar cycle. Um, then there's something called authority, which really is kind of the voice of your intuition. And turns out we all yeah. have different Authorities and so. What (laughs) I know, so like I think everybody's probably heard the phrase like, "Oh, we'll just like go with your gut." Like, what does your gut feel? And that is correct for a lot of people, but it's not correct for everyone. And this was something when I learned human design. This is one of the things that made me think like, "Oh, this is like for real." (laughs) (laughs) So I talked about generators and MGs, and they have the sacral center, and the sacral center is associated with the gut. So if you're one of those two types. Um, your authority will either be sacral, or if if you're a generator and MG with an emotional center defined, you could also be emotional authority. But you will still feel the intuition of your gut. Mm. And so, for these people, for most of the population, it's really correct to say like, oh, you're going to feel excited in your gut, or maybe not excited in your gut. There will be this sense of it's slightly different for everyone, but either excitement or expansion or just like aliveness. Um, that that these types will feel. Uh, and when something is a no, it'll also be like, you know, maybe a pinch or a slouching or whatever. It's very bodily. Um, but the other 30% of us who don't have this won't feel something in their gut. And I know personally, like I spent my whole life overthinking like, what does my gut feel? And then I'm thinking about what it should feel and I'm still not feeling anything. <laughs> so anyway, so so for those folks, sacral authority, it's pretty straightforward in the sense that if you can remember back to your time when something was really in flow and exciting for you and you felt that energy, um, that's the intuition that you want to listen to. Now, emotional authority, folks, you can be any type except for a reflector and be emotional authority because if you have mm-hmm. that center defined, um, the emotional center is one of the loudest, kind of I put that in quotation marks, but that energy is going to have an effect on you whatever regardless of whatever else is going on so sarah you're a projector with emotional authority um and for these folks you want to you want to tune into how the energy of your emotions is affecting things because for emotional folks there's usually not clarity in the moment because you could be feeling an emotional high or you could be feeling an emotional low and i think in like the wellness space um Folks may have heard the the expression, like, emotions are just energy in motion. And so that's, like, very, very true for emotionally defined folks because your your body, your energetic body, uh, will always be sending out emotional energy, right? And it could be a high energy. It could be a low energy. It doesn't necessarily have to do with, like, something specifically that's happening in your life. And it's not something you need to take personally, though you should develop a relationship with it. And so when Mm. making decisions, right – um you want to allow yourself to kind of check in at different points in your emotional cycle. So giving yourself a day or a week or a month, depending on the decision, um, to see how you're feeling over time is going to give you a clearer picture than just trying to make a decision based on a snapshot. Because if you're feeling high, you could say yes to everything. If you're feeling low, you could say no to everything and accidentally say no to something that's really actually an aligned opportunity. Um, how have you been working with your emotional authority?
1: I mean, this is like the big, for me, this is one of the biggest things in human design that has just been a complete game changer for my life. So uh, I have a new role that I don't, I don't commit to anything. I don't make decisions for 24 hours, at least sometimes more. And that has been huge. And it's like committing to a picnic with friends or committing to like a, a wellness workshop. Like I need to take time to think about it. Talk to my pillow. That's what my husband says. Apparently that's the saying in Mexico. If you talk to your pillow at night.
2: <laughs> I love i never heard that I
1: love that. It's so good. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go talk to my pillow and then I will see if I actually feel like making a decision tomorrow. Yeah. And the reason I knew why this was so important for me is that I used to manage someone who told me that I changed my mind all the time. <laughs> and when I heard about this, I was like, oh my God, that's why I changed my mind all the time because I'm either, I'm, I'm writing an emotional wave. I'm, uh, you know, internalizing everyone's else's emotions. So I'd be in a meeting and we'd be talking about plans and marketing strategies. And I would just get so excited by all the energy. And I'd be like, yes, that is the path for us. And then I would talk to my pillow and the next day and be like, oh my God, no, that was like such a bad idea. There's no way we can implement that or we, we, you know, maybe we need to tweak it a little bit. And so I would go back the next day and she would just be like, are you kidding? I just drafted this entire thing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so unfortunately I haven't worked with her in years. So she would be like so excited to hear that I have made this change in my life. That's but so it, funny. it's been huge. I mean, yeah.
2: Take this, yeah. It time for her. Well, and that's the thing we grow up. I think there's a lot of pressure to in society, just not naming any specific people, but there's a lot of pressure to like go fast, to be decisive, to like, you know, have certainty in the moment. And so, but for half of the world, um, because about half the population is an emotionally defined person, um, human design can really help clear up like, well, that's some people's process, but that's not your process. Right. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. And it's okay. Exactly.
2: Yes. And I also wonder the talking to your pillow, if that's a euphemism for like, asking your dreams too. This, this is like a total tangent, but I've been really into dream work the last like year and a half, so. Yeah, so fun. No, I haven't even gotten there yet, <laughs> but I'm sure it is. I love it. Um, so emotionally defined folks, sacral defined folks. Um, and then there's there's like, I forget exactly how many authorities off the top of my head, but there's a bunch. So I'll just talk about the more common ones. Um, the last the last one that's quite, that's more common um, as an authority is splenic And so this will be, This will be either if you're a manifestor or a projector. And the spleen is, it's like an instinctive awareness. This is a little more abstract. So the way I like to describe it is it's like the part of your nervous system that's always sensing if something is safe or not. And it just knows, but not so much in like a brain way, but just like the knowing of like how like a bird knows to migrate or like how a certain animal knows to like find water somewhere. Like it's certainly not thinking in full sentences, you know, but it knows Mm. kind of like sub subconsciously. So that's the splenic authority. So for folks who have this, um, the benefit is, or not the benefit, but one of the nice things is you have the capacity to know in the moment, in the present, whether or not something is right for you. Whereas like for emotional folks, you have to wait. Right. So that can be, that's a pro maybe. Um, but because it's more, it's just this knowing sometimes in human design literature, they say it speaks once and then never again, which I try not to repeat too often. Cause in me, when I learned that it caused a sense of FOMO. Right. And, mm-hmm. and also if you're tr- truly in a not aligned situation, don't worry, your intuition will come back and tell you again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's sort of, is meant to kind of highlight the point that like, it's not always, it's unlike the sacral and that you're just going to feel it and feel it and feel it. Right. It, the splenic is more like that idea. And then, <laughs> and, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, the tricky part, and this is just my personal experience. Some people, because when I found human design, I was very out of alignment. Um, it took me a long time to actually hear my splenic authority um, like, like years. Um, no, like, like a year because I was just, because I, I was very stressed out and my nervous system was just always unsympathetic. So I, I couldn't, like, if you're always stressed out, you can't feel when your system tells you, oh, this is stressful, right? It's just all stressful. Um, Everything's (laughs) stressful. Yeah. So, so for, depending on where you're at, if you're a splenic authority person, it's really helpful and important to. Find ways to calm down, to at least touch into the part of your nervous system that feels what it's like to be totally relaxed, parasympathetic, blah blah blah. Because um, then you start to create like the perspective, the difference, so that you can feel, oh, this is my this is my splenic authority telling me something's off. Because the other thing that's tricky is some it'll often feel like fear as well, right? Because the spleen is also mm-hmm. the center for survival and. Guess what you have to be fearful of dying to survive, right? So another piece of it is if you're feeling fear, but then this is another trap that I fell into, you know, when we're into personal growth and development, we think of fear sometimes as like this like bad thing, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. I would feel my splenic intuition with a tinge of fear, but then be like, "Oh, and then my mind would come in and just be like, oh, well that's fear, so that's not your intuition, you got to like work through it." So there's quite a lot of, yeah. So there's a lot of subtlety there. Um, And this is, yeah. So splenic authority is something I could talk a lot about just from my personal experience, but hopefully that describes it a little bit for people. And my tip there again, is just to like try to get calm to help observe that in yourself.
1: That is so cool. So you said it took years to develop. Do you have any tips for how to develop or what, what you use to do that?
2: Yeah. um, So part of it, like I said, was just carving out space to to heal and calm my nervous system down to feel that difference. Um, and then I started really small. So the easiest thing, and this goes for, for anybody with any authority, start practicing, like easy decisions that you can make with your intuition. So for me, it was food. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's food. So it's like, I'd ask myself, like, what do I feel like eating and, it, and allowing myself to respond, not from the mental place of like, Oh, I should have that kale that's going to go bad, you know, and make a salad from it. Or, you know, I need more like I need more like healthy fats, so like have nut butter. But just feeling like, what do I actually like? What does my body feel like? And like, you know, if you're a sacral authority, you can do that too, right? Um, Even if you're an emotional authority, like, you know, you're sure as hell not going to wait twelve hours to decide what to eat. So like, you can make a decision, (laughs) make a decision from you know your gut, just wherever you are at in the moment too.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that. I separating it. That is such an easy way to see how to separate your mind from kind of your body of how to make that decision. Very cool. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So there's more authorities, Mm -hmm. but they're um, a little more unique. So I, I won't go into all of those. Um, But the other thing in a, in a chart, if someone's looking at it, that can be a good place to start. Cause again, it's so dense, but it's like, I like to make to just tell people like, don't get overwhelmed. You can start with one piece, you know? Um, And then, observe like how that applies to you and experiment with it and so the other the other sort of like more accessible piece to look at is the profile and so your profile is the archetype of how you live out your purpose so if your your type your energy type is kind of like your overall purpose and then there's specific gates that tell you your unique purpose how you live it out whether you're say um, more of like an investigator versus like a trial and error kind of person uh, is what you find out through your profile. So um, there's two numbers in it and we can we won't get into all of the combinations, but maybe we can use you as an example, Sarah, of know. your profile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, there's two numbers. You are a six three and each of the numbers means something. So for you, Sarah, with a sixth line coming first, um, your your kind of purpose, your karma in the world is to have an effect on other people. Uh, so it's called transpersonal karma when when you're si- the six comes before the three. Uh, so you're really here to like have encounters with like strangers and affect them in some way. And more specifically, every everyone who has a six in their profile has this really unique like life stage thing where the first 30 years of your life, you're kind of like learning through the bumps and scrapes that you get as you, as you go through life, it's like (laughs) trial and error. You, you need to find out for yourself how it's really going to feel when you do something. So like taking someone else's, just like reading something and be like, Oh yeah, like I can take that advice. Like doesn't really work. You're like, but how do I know? Like I need to go experience this for myself. Um, And so that really informs like the information and the wisdom that you get to kind of then digest because after 30, from 30 to 50, uh, you are sort of energetically retreating and like alchemizing all that information. So it doesn't mean that you actually have to physically go off and like live, you know, in like a cottage somewhere, but it's just <laughs> that life, well, first of all, you're, you don't need to experiment and get kind of like scuffed up quite as much, but then you're also reflecting on all of those experiences in the first 30 years of your life to to become wise in that way. It's like, I like to say you're like formulating your thesis on life. And then after 50, you actually kind of emerge as this role model. So the six line archetype is called the role model because you've, you've experienced things for yourself and you've really reflected on them. And now you're looking to how can I turn these lessons into wisdom? And there's six lines in the profiles, right? And six is the last number. So it's like, you're also the kind of person that's looking to the next thing. You're like looking over like, okay, what, what do I do with this now? And so that's how you really, you can really embody that role model energy. Um, And then the third line is sort of what we talked about before. It is this trial and error. So some people in their profile, they just have a six and then some other number that's not a three. And, but for you, you have the three and the three is the same kind of quality that I talked about from zero to 30, where you are learning by trial and error. So for you, there is a, kind of roller coaster quality that will always be there for you in your life but it it tends to not be as loud after 30 years old but for someone else yeah i know (laughs) but for someone else like say they're um say they're like a six two um after their 30 years like that trial and error like completely goes away whereas for you it's still a little bit it's still a little bit there because the three is always going to be a part of your life fascinating
1: that's awesome Yeah. Hearing about my profile, I'm like, okay, 50.
2: <laughs> I yeah. don't
1: have to do anything till then. I'm like
2: chilling. <laughs> totally. Well, I find it's for six time. lines, it's like such a relief to, to know like, oh, okay, there are these phases. And because a lot of people who have transpersonal profiles, I find they're like, yeah, I like, I know I need to make an impact. Like, how do I go out there? And it's like, there's all this pressure because again, you know, we live in a world of like 30 under 30 and 40, whatever. Right. But it's like, no, no, for the six line folks, like it's okay. Your time is coming, like patience, right? It's all, what's, <laughs> what's yours? Like your destiny and your karma is already yours. You don't need to like try to do anything to like speed it up.
1: That's so great. Oh my God. So relaxing. Yeah. It was like, I am not going to lie. When I heard, first heard my profile, I was like, oh God, really? And then I was like, oh, it's so true. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I am like, I have to learn by doing. And mm-hmm. I'm just really, I've always thought of that as stubborn. And now I see that as very much like I'm internalizing that knowledge. It's my mm. education.
2: Yeah. Was was being stubborn something that was like not good growing up? Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, and that's how, that's where I feel like knowing other people's designs, like your parents or family members can be helpful too. Or even now, like what's most exciting to me is parents are that know the designs of their children, right? Because what if you knew that your kid needed to just go through life and like try things out, and like that was part of their process, right? We can have so much. Yeah. More, we can support them so much better that way because a lot of third lines. Well, and you know, I'm a six line too, so I was going through that third line phase. And I think what so many of these third lines, slash, you know, before thirty six lines, what we need to hear is like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to try things and fail. To be really held in that process because we need that, you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And to have parents that know that would be like such a relief, right. right? But,
2: but like for the parents who didn't know human design, like they're probably so well intentioned because they're not a third line, and they're like, "Well, you know, I'm a, I don't know, I'm a five one. So like, why can't you just like listen to the advice I give you? Like, I'm going to save <laughs> you yeah. so much trouble." But everyone has everyone is so unique. Yeah, oh, that's so fun. I love this. Um, okay, anything else about human like intro to human design that everyone would need to know? Um, I, think, I think this is a good place to, to leave it. I mean, there's so much that you can do just by experimenting with your type and your strategy and your authority. Um, so yeah, it's a, in human design, like sort of the more classic information says it takes seven years to decondition, which means like really kind of let go of all the shoulds that we've picked up the programming and truly live in alignment with our, our charts. Um, so, you know, don't feel like this all has to happen overnight. And it's really just, it, the fun part is getting to experiment with this.
1: That's so cool. I love that. Seven years, everyone relax. Take it, take it, chill pill. Well, <laughs> so I'd love to hear what is your story? How did you get started with human design? Had you hear about it. And then what was your journey to now being a coach?
2: Yeah, so I found human design um, about three years ago when I was doing my own just like personal development and spiritual work. And as I kind of alluded to earlier, I was in a corporate job. I was going through a bunch of health issues and just like really so out of alignment. And when I learned my design, that I was a projector, that, you know, we aren't meant to, we aren't really meant to work so hard. Um, And that I could live like a projector and just the vision of like living in alignment and not having things be such a struggle was this idea of existing that I had never like I truly just didn't even know it was possible. Like I think subconsciously wow. I had always just thought everything was gonna be hard. I was always gonna be tired, you know. And so it just like totally opened my eyes up to a way of living in ease and in flow that resonated like to the core of my being. Mm-hmm. And so you know, in classic projector style from there on out, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn everything about this. I'm going to type everybody in my, you know, in my circle. Um, and so did that for years. And then it was also, like I said, the, the change process sometimes takes time. And so between discovering human design and then most recently I left my corporate job at the beginning of this year in 2020. So that Um, journey was a lot of shedding, uh, you know, Different ego identities and just learning. Um, and the thing that really kind of stuck with me the whole time was human design as kind of this template I could come back to. And so when I left, I part of me always knew like I really want to share this with the world um, because it's just so it's just so needed and so valuable.
1: That's so cool. That's amazing. What was that transition like for you? I mean, was it ease? Was it? Oh, natural!
2: No. <laughs> I, I definitely. We'll see, because like this was all happening around you know Saturn return. Like, I, you know, I'm 31 right now, so I'm just kind of coming out of my trial and error phase. And the last that last mile of the journey, like, my ego really clung on and wasn't ready to to go. And so the universe really gifted me some some moments where I I was forced out mm-hmm. of like you know trying to hold on to the corporate identity of. Being addicted to success and productivity, really. Um, So, in my health journey, you know, I had spent a couple years working. I had like gut issues. I was pre-diabetic, even though I was like so like healthy, right? Like working out and all this stuff. Um, Um, And then, kind of like halfway healed, but then there was a weird situation where my the company I was at uh, moved offices, and there was this weird situation where. I'm a highly sensitive person. And there was like this very loud, the building we moved into was like a retrofitted kind of like cool urban warehouse, but there was no HVAC. And so there were these giant Mm -hmm. fans to circulate air that were constantly going. And the vibration actually affected my nervous system in a way that like all my symptoms flared back up again, essentially. Ah. Um, So I literally had to like leave work uh, because of this weird, like so bizarre fan situation. But again, the universe is like, you should really leave now. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, but then I decided to you know get another job, and so it was like, all right, then the health issues came back even more strongly. Um, so, um, that last year, you know, sometimes I don't know if you feel this way, but when I look back on like growth and so forth, I wonder, like, ah, oh, could, could it have gone any faster? Did I really need to like go through all that? But, but now that I have a little more perspective and I've like recovered a little bit from the shell shock of it, I'm like, no, like at that point in time i was really still shedding certain things you know and finally it got to the point where like i wasn't sleeping i had like some mental health stuff that was a symptom of not sleeping um and like i had lost my period too and not because mm-hmm. I, I was certainly eating enough because i'd also i've also had um a lost period because of like eating disorder stuff when i was younger in high school but this was purely out of stress and so um finally like people in my life you know my therapist my partner everyone was like you should should really take a break. Like, you're not really okay. Um, (laughs) And so I did. And when I finally did that, it was this kind of, I think of it as like, really like seeing the matrix moment where like, I didn't go work, right, as a projector addicted to productivity and hinging my whole identity on how much I could do. I I was no longer doing. And I was like, oh, like the world didn't crash. Like, nobody's like telling me I'm a bad person. I don't know. Like, the mind is so tricky, right? Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. was kind of the that was the final step of that journey, and also the beginning of another one. Where I was like, okay, how do I slowly extract myself and really, you know, I had been trying to live according to my design in every way, except like really changing the work thing. But that was kind of like this huge piece, and so um, yeah. So then I I finally left, like I said, in January, and wow. I'm just starting to share this. So I'm really excited uh. to talk to you and be able to share this with more people.
1: That is so inspirational and like from what I've seen from you on social media and just um, talking with you, you you're so in alignment, which is so inspiring. I'm like, oh, like I, you know, it's like I have a vision of what it does look like and just like your groundedness is amazing to see. So um, I think it's really cool that you found a career where you can um, kind of live and provide guidance within that same uh, modality.
2: Thank you. Well, and the thing is, it's not just, I mean, my journey that I just talked about is very specific to like, you know, being a projector and like working like way too much um, and being in, you know, an office building with like just thousands of people, like even, even like riding the elevator was just like a devastating experience every day. But but I will say, I think that there are lots of people, even if you're a different energy type, right? Like I talked to so many generators and MGs who are like, well, I just like, I'm doing this thing because I thought I was supposed to, but I don't really like it. And so I think, to some extent, everybody can relate to this. Like, I'm, I know I'm out of alignment and how do I get back into alignment? Um, That's like really what I want to help people on.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And especially too, I want to just touch on this is that in the Bay area, especially this idea of like working for a tech company, go, 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 like startup, that startup mentality and culture of like put everything in and then we're going to have this huge payout someday is just it's rampant and it is so um, like even just living in a city and maybe not being in that environment, but like being a bartender and like being around that energy, it's all encompassing. Okay. So to be able to do this and respect this and then be so brutally honest about it is so cool to see. Mm,
2: thank you. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that the the water that we swim in has such a big effect on you know how we live and how we make our choices. And so for sure, for me. Um, that that that's probably why you know i did stay so long it's like oh well i should be able to do this this is what success looks like it looks like you know starting something on nights and weekends and you know whatever like bootstrapping it and like so on and so forth and so um that's one narrative for success but i think there are a lot of other ones that i'm excited to see especially as like the world shifts right now and like Mm -hmm. for example we're all working from home and it's like oh We can just like all work from home and we can all like we can do laundry at 2 p.m. on a Thursday and it doesn't mean we're lazy. It just means like we're human. We're human. We're doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's so cool to see. Um I would love to hear about what your personal process is for reading someone's chart.
2: Yeah. Um my personal process for reading a chart, it I don't have a specific formula actually. I really just like, you know, someone tells me their their birth info, I put it in, I look at it and you know, the first thing that I look at is obviously their energy type, but then I like to ask people what their, what guidance they're looking for from their reading. So if they've told me like, I want to focus on purpose or I want to focus on like health stuff, I kind of go in with that lens. Let's say they're like, yeah, I'm burnt out. I'm focused on health stuff. I'll look at, for example, like what their energy type is and then which centers um, play into how much energy they have available to them. Um, or if it's, if it's purpose, right. Then there are certain gates in the chart that like I know relate to different ways of showing up. So maybe they've told me like, I don't know, I'm a teacher like, or what's a better example. Maybe they're like, Oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I want to show up online more. Then I'll look at like their throat center and like what they've got going on there. Right. So Mm. it's really specific to the person, but I think the, the overall lens that I'm looking at it is what's like, what's, inherently you right which is either defined centers or gates and then what's not you which is where you're white and open and then from there there's kind of a story that starts to emerge.
1: Cool that's amazing and then do you have like your own I'm so
2: curious like do you have your own ritual of like emptying out or like kind of cleansing the room before or after? Oh my gosh I've never been asked this but I'm really excited to share the answer so before I do every reading I have this um it's, I am hesitating. I don't think prayer is the right word, but like I, you know, I call on guides, Mm. spirits, all that. And it's, it's my own version of something that I learned from my, one of my teachers. And I remember when she taught it to, to us in this group setting. And like, I just remember the chills that I got when, when I first learned it. And so just being able to, to use that in my own practice feels really special. Um, and then yeah, for sure, clearing energy, uh, before and after and, and then just, so that's for like a reading specific piece, but for like daily life, cause I also work with coaching clients as well. Um, emptying out for me, my favorite way is just spending time in nature.
1: Oh, that's awesome. And oh my gosh, uh, you have so much beautiful nature around you. So that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. I also said a little prayer, prayer, you know, whatever you want to call it to spirits today for this interview. So yeah, it's
2: so good, it's just such a good practice. I love yeah. that. It's amazing how two minutes can take, cause you know, I, there's an ego part of me that's like, Oh, I want, I want this to go really well. I want them to like find so much use out of it, but it's like, that's not, that's not really the point. Right. And so even that like few minutes beforehand of like part of what I say is like may my ego step aside for the clearest and most accurate transmission to come through. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like just reminding myself, this isn't about me. This is about the person who's listening so that they can, they can feel seen and heard.
1: Oh, I love that. Oh, my ego. Like we just take a little vacation all the time. (laughs) I love that. That's great. Beautiful. Um, well, any tips for anyone um, that is interested in learning about their human design?
2: Yeah. Um, I would say go ahead and just like jump in. Um, there's so many folks on Instagram that are sharing like little nuggets in their posts. Um, so yeah, pulling up your chart, learning and understanding your energy type, and starting to starting to actually practice that. And then the continuing education is, you know, this whole process. So staying interested. Like I said, lots of free stuff online. And then if if people want, they can go deeper with there's one book I recommend and I can send it to you and you can link it. Um, but it's if you Google Amazon, it's the one that's written by Ra Uruhu, the founder of Human Design. So that's oh, nice. the one. Yeah, that's one I recommend. Yeah. Um yeah. And I guess the other piece would be, I think I've learned a lot when I know other people's charts and then start observing, right? So it's like knowing my friends and the people I know best and their charts and then seeing like, oh, so that's how, you know, a manifester acts or whatever.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then of course, I highly recommend getting a reading from Victoria.
2: Here for all your needs.
1: (laughs) Yes. I love it. And following you on Instagram as well. We'll, we'll get into your um, info later um so you also teach yoga nidra which i have gotten into because of you it is it has just been so life-changing for me i'd love to hear more about your journey um and how that's been useful for you
2: yeah so it's funny because we were talking about the splenic authority and healing the nervous system and for me a really big part of that was through my my own yoga nidra practice so for those who aren't familiar um yoga nidra is not like asana yoga it's you're lying down the whole time it's maybe like 30 to 60 minutes yep (laughs) sarah just made like an amazing expression if you're listening on the podcast i'm like Um,
1: hell yeah let's lie down and do yoga guys
2: (laughs) yeah so so i like to explain it if people don't know like if they're like what the hell is this um it's to me it's like approaching lucid dreaming from a state of awakeness and so you're lying down the whole time and part of it is for sure like feeling your whole body and So many people haven't felt every part of their body, but you have to feel into your body first before you can tap into more subtle layers of consciousness and really heal, right? Because like trauma is also held in the body, held in the nervous system. Um, And so yoga nidra has been transformative for me. to heal past trauma, to get calm, to hear my inner voice, which, you know, if we're living, leading busy lives, there's so much noise. Um, So I had been, have been practicing for years. And then I did my, I did a training with my teacher um, at the beginning of 2018. And I just love sharing it where I can. I have a recording that I shared with you, Sarah. So I think that's how you discovered it. Um, And then I also incorporate it into my coaching practice because people will come to me and they'll be like, you know, here's my human design. I, you know, manifesto, I should just do, you know, what I feel an urge to, but I have this subconscious block that I'm too much. Right. And so then it's like, okay, well, human design doesn't really offer anything in terms of how to heal that block. But yoga nidra is so powerful because you hold an intention in the practice and then you drop it in when you're really, really, in like a like a truly relaxed state and so then we can touch into deeper layers of like I think of like you know my inner child essentially and so that's how we start to shift some of those things that you can really live in alignment with your design
1: Mm, that's so cool I love hearing you explain that because I didn't even realize that was what was going on um, with your son Kalpa, which I think is the intention that you just talked about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Victoria's Yoga Nidra on Insight Timer is amazing. I'm going to link it below. I highly recommend it for anyone interested. Um,
2: what, what was, if you want to share, like, I would love to hear what your experience of doing the Yoga Nidra has been like, because I find it's, it's kind of hard to describe to people. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So for
1: me, it's like, it's like a lying down meditation where you're getting in tune with different parts of your body and it's all of your body. Um, and then one really cool thing that I love is, I mean, there's so many different parts to it, but, um, ha- holding different emotions at the exact same time. So I just did one last night from Kathy French, which she recommended to me, um, where I was holding survival as well as flourishing at the same mm-hmm. time. And I actually just started bawling when I did uh-huh. it. Cause I, you know, I'm starting my business and, um, the world is changing, and it was just like, Holy wow, like this is amazing! I can hold both of these things at the same time, and it felt so 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 good. And like, oh, I take that out now into the world. I'm like, oh, I can be anxious in this meeting, or I can be anxious about this outcome, but I can also be confident at the same time.
2: Yes. So it's like feeling
1: both of those emotions. So, wow, that's, what, that's one of the things that I love. And then, of course, the visualizations afterwards, I'm one of, one of the ones that Victoria has, like, you just visualize yourself swinging in a hammock, like it's so relaxing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, um, there's a whole body of work. There's a, there's a yoga nidra instructor. He doesn't call himself a yoga nidra teacher. Um, but Richard Miller, he has, he he's used the principles of yoga nidra and developed a whole course around healing for PTSD. Um, with, and, and so just to speak to the potency of the practice, um, he, he doesn't call it that because he's used it in a really like clinical setting with like veterans and that sort of thing. So I have so much respect for him and, I totally get his, his method is called, um, I rest and part of, yeah, like you said, a big part of this healing is being able to hold multiple feelings at once. And when we're relaxed in a yoga nidra meditation, and then we can call forward, you know, a specific stressful feeling because we're both relaxed, but then we can observe how it feels. It kind of removes, it removes the charge in a certain way so that we can be with it more. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. It's really powerful. I love it. Mm. And it's just like 30 minutes, you know? It's like you can, and I can really hear my house. It's it's so perfect for me. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I love that. Um, okay, well, anything else that you'd like to share with us? This has been. Oh my gosh. Um, I can't think of anything else. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And I feel like you've pulled out little parts of other parts of my story that I haven't really shared anywhere else. So this has been such a yeah. pleasure. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing with me. Uh,
1: so, Victoria, if someone wants a reading from you, how can they find you?
2: Super simple. Uh, they can just find me on Instagram and then DM me. It's, like, very low-key.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Um, and we're really excited, you guys, because Victoria is actually going to do a free giveaway for a lucky winner to win a free 20-minute mini reading. And, you guys, she's, she has so much knowledge. This will change your life. So to enter to win... All you have to do is follow both of our Instagram accounts. So go ahead and follow me at SarahShinesOn. That's Sarah, S A R A H underscore
2: Shine underscore On. Amazing. And then I'm at VictoriaJane.HD. Right on. And then please leave a review
1: for the podcast. And then once we get to the review stage, we'll pull the lucky winner next week. And we'll announce it right here on this podcast. So Victoria, thank you so, so, so much. I'm so excited for everyone to just go and check their charts right now and just start living in alignment with who they really are. It's gonna be amazing.
2: I'm so excited. I love it. Thank you so much.